1: It's the best Celtics podcast day to day. I get excited about it every night. About it. a real C's fan wouldn't wanna live their life without it. Banner 18 in the making, we gotta make it. Best squad in the East, and still we can't get complacent. Most winning franchise, so the history's ancient. You can tell the other guys are going plan a vacation. Yeah, Corralis, Packard, and J. King locked on, trying to get the 18th ring. The most in-depth coverage that you ever gonna hear. Well-respected in a city, like Russell's career. It's Rain raining Jay, Millis. Welcome
0: back. This is the Locked On Celtics podcast, and we are here for you Monday through Friday. I want to thank all of you listeners for joining us, making this part of your daily routine, whatever it is you're doing, wherever you're going. Welcome aboard. This is the Thursday show, and we are coming to you after a 112-102 win over the Miami Heat, where the Boston Celtics actually figured out his own and got a tremendous performance from Gordon Hayward. We'll talk about that. We'll talk about Jason Tatum late. Kyrie and Al Horford were great. All of that stuff. It's us, the Rain and Jays, John Corrales of MassLive.com, joined by Samuel Jamison Packard the Third also known as Ladies Love Cool Jam. Jam. And the nickname that I keep screwing up. uh, Young Baby Jam Witch, bro. Do I have to get a tattoo? Yes. Oh, yes. Absolutely, you do. Yes. I've made tattoo
2: promises in the past, and I've never lived up to them.
0: Zero of them. Maybe this summer in Las Vegas, we'll actually get you to do something. One of them. I'm a Reno guy.
2: Screw that Las Vegas stuff.
0: (laughs) Yes, you are coming to us live from fabulous Reno, Nevada in the, in the shadows of the national
2: bowling stadium. And, and let me tell you, it's electric.
0: It's, I mean, it's, I can't even believe that you've taken the time out to podcast. Uh, after, I mean, who could, but you're here. You're a pro. That's why you're here. Uh, let's, let's get on with this thing. Reminder to all of the new listeners, if you haven't subscribed to us yet, you can get us on the brand new podcast app Himalaya. So it's Google Podcast, Apple Podcast, Spotify. And when you get in your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast locked on Celtics. Boston got a nice performance out of Gordon Hayward, who finished the game with 25 points, 11 in the fourth quarter. And nice to see an aggressive Gordon Hayward, and nice to see the Celtics actually attacking a zone defense, getting into the middle of it, and doing the little things that it takes to actually beat a defense that should not work well in the nba
2: they figured it out they they used coaching and they learned and they progressed and they kaizen the shit out of it they got better <laughs> they, they, that's incremental progress and it gives you some sort of hope for the playoffs where uh brad stevens will have a game or a day in between each game to kind of adjust for scheme wise but the two three zone really they should be able to figure it out and they did we saw Al Horford taking more shots from around that, like that, that soft spot in the zone around the free throw line. But we just saw them like playing through that soft spot. So three pointers are like they would pass into that and like have people collapse and then pass out of that to get threes. It was just a a very solid performance in terms of, um, not repeating the same mistakes. And then I think the big story is just Gordon Hayward getting to the free throw line. He has the highest free throw rate, uh, of anyone on the Celtics. So he's kind of been the best at it this entire year, but he just did it consistently tonight uh, with that zone. And then he did it in a uh, transition as well. Um, 13 free throws from him um, made 12 of them. Uh, so having 25 points on only 10 shots is pretty, uh, pretty damn impressive. Uh, and you just see the stats like pouring out after the game. It's like the Celtics are 12 and one when Gordon Hayward is scores uh, more than 15 points. They're five and oh, when he scores more than 20 points. And it's like, what? A good Gordon Hayward. Who knew that would be uh, good for the Boston Celtics? <laughs> but it's a it's it's a great sign headed into the the postseason. It's just you want to like I want to see him dominate again on uh, on Friday. Like we've we've had Gordon Hayward performances. We've I've pronounced him to be back at least seven times uh, so far. But like going into the playoffs, I think he's going to be a huge factor. You just want to you want that consistency.
0: Absolutely. So the numbers I hear on Gordon Hayward. Uh, the last time he took at least 13 free throws May 6 2017 so it was a playoff game against the Golden State Warriors and this is the 18th time in his career he's taken 13 at least 13 free throws so uh, a nice performance out of him and I, I is it I don't know if this is a good time for me to take the victory lap on Gordon Hayward can I can I pull and I told you so on Gordon Hayward? yeah that's what the, that's why we do
2: have a podcast so we can uh, rubber haters' faces in it
0: Didn't I say that it's going to take a long time? Didn't I say to wait and be patient on Gordon Hayward? No,
2: I don't don't remember you saying that, though. That's the unfortunate thing.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I could have have sworn I had said that probably for three straight months. Uh, But Gordon Hayward, it's kind of funny that after a four-month setback over the summer that four months into the season, which would be right around January, mid January, he started to turn things around and here we are beginning of April. And now all of a sudden he's looking explosive. He even had that, uh, that drive where he, he shot up the right baseline and, uh, drew a foul and then just kind of casually continued on and dunked it out of nowhere. Like just to, continue the play after the whistle. And I was like, wait a minute. He's Gordon Hayward's now to the point where he's like dunking after the whistle just casually. So the athleticism took a little bit of time to come back. All of the people who are like, ah, screw Gordon Hayward. You got to bench him," all that shit. No, like this is, this is the culmination. All of Brad Stevens playing him all of this time was building up to this moment right here. The last week of the season where he finally starts looking more like himself than he ever has before the injury. Still not there yet. He still has, you know, steps to take. But this Gordon Hayward that we saw in Miami, that makes Boston Celtics extraordinarily difficult to face in the playoffs. Like, that's a huge, huge thing. And it's not just like I want to take the victory lap. It's it's a validation for Brad Stevens and the Celtics that playing him was necessary playing him even through all of the criticism, even through all of his struggles playing him was what they needed to do to get to this point. Cause he never would have gotten to this point if he didn't play those minutes, all of those games at all. So this is, this is like what I was talking about from the beginning. So there.
2: Yeah. The, the, the best thing, and it's a debate about like, and I don't think we'll really know until maybe after the season about, whether or not his early struggles were health or, uh, more of a mental, like, uh, block of just not being able to, uh, like have confidence. But I think the, the thing that makes, um, me so optimistic and if it, if it makes sense where, like, where I think it goes to the mental side of things is like, and it's a part of Gordon Hayward's game. I didn't know as much about just cause I didn't watch as many Utah games, uh, when he was there, but he, he really looks to drive and embrace contact and, if you think about that from a guy who had a traumatic injury coming from contact in the lane, it would make sense that he's a little hesitant to kind of initially coming back from the injury, even if he feels healthy, to kind of just like really throw his body around and like get into that contact. And so that's what he's been doing of late and especially did it tonight. Um, and that's something that's huge for the Celtics because this team does not take any free throws. And especially in the playoffs, if you can get free points like that um, from anyone, uh, it's going to be huge. And that's one of the Celtics biggest gaps. And so I don't expect Hayward to maybe score 20 each night and go to the free throw line over 10 times. But even just getting six or eight and getting 15 points, uh, is going to be a huge addition to, uh, whatever like Kyrie and, uh, Al Horford give you. Uh, but just any, any help you can get, especially from the free throw line, uh, is huge for the Celtics because that's an area where they really struggle. It's,
0: The Boston Celtics made one fewer uh, basket. So they made 38 baskets to the 39 Miami. Uh, Miami made 12 threes to Boston's nine. Boston outscored Miami by 15 at the free throw line. They took 31. And that was, I believe the 10th or 11th time this season that they've taken 30 plus free throws in a game. And, almost half of those free throws came from Gordon Hayward. 12 of those free throws came from Gordon Hayward and the Celtics, they won by 10. So there's your game right there, getting to the line, getting free throws. And the other thing is not just, they're not just shooting fouls. It's getting to being aggressive, drawing the fouls and getting into the bonus and taking those penalty free throws. That's, Super, super important. It's something the Celtics don't do very often. They don't do it early enough. They don't get into the penalty early and start racking up free points. That's just something that they don't do. And a healthy Gordon Hayward is going to be able to do that more often. And that benefits everybody. I've said it before. If you get aggressive and you've got somebody like Hayward getting aggressive and he, puts, he helps put the team into the penalty, then everybody gets to take free throws. And that just benefits everyone. We're going to take a short break. We've got Jason Tatum to talk about Kyrie and Al a little bit more on how they busted the zone. We're going to do that when we come back a reminder, of course, that you can get this show every day. If you subscribe to the lockdown Celtics podcast on the Himalaya podcast app, this podcast world is expanding greatly. So many podcasts out there and you've got more interest than just the Celtics. So the Himalaya app will personally curate your playlist based on what you're looking to do. It's got new features, all the time that they're adding. So download Himalaya at your app store and subscribe to Locked On Celtics.
1: NFL teams making bold final moves before the start of the season. From our local experts to your ears, these are the biggest stories on the Locked On Podcast Network.
0: Part of the fourth quarter run that the Boston Celtics went on was fueled by Jason Tatum, who had nine points in the fourth quarter. And a lot of his work came from going to the middle of the zone, flashing up to that free throw line, taking shots, being aggressive, drawing fouls. And that was part of what the Celtics did overall when it came to attacking that zone, the zone defense, Has a big gap, we talked about it, after the first Miami game, uh, after after that game on Monday night. Get up to that free throw line, turn, do something, pass, take that shot if it's there. And Tatum, Horford did that very well too, but for now, let's talk about Tatum getting there and that nine points in the fourth quarter really helped fuel it because he had the first burst he had the nine points, and then he literally passed off the, the, the hot hands to Hayward because it was his assist that was Hayward's three that began that 11-point burst from Hayward. Yeah,
2: and we, when we talked about the zone and the Celtics' struggles with it last game, um, it was the problem with they, they took some of those, those shots in the middle of the zone, but it was the guys taking those shots. Uh, it was Aaron Baines. It was Daniel Tice. Uh, it wasn't the good shooters like we talk about the mid-range and how all oh, the mid-range shots are terrible but an nba like an nba player of jason tatum's caliber or al horford's caliber just getting a wide open shot from the free throw like that is not a bad shot i tweeted out their shot chart of just direct around the free throw line and it was they had so many shots just way more than you'd expect but those like given a zone an open shot for a guy like jason tatum from there like the the math no longer is like adds up to like the three point being more valuable like the the field goal percentage from there um is just a it's it's like it's an easy shot for guys who are like at all talented at shooting like Horford and like Tatum i thought Tatum really did a good job of uh, of stepping up there in the fourth quarter and not just he did knock some down some of those shots but he also like that wasn't his only move uh you mentioned him going to the basket. He also had a, a, a drew a number of fouls, and you're right, that pass like that's the simplest thing is like I don't understand why they didn't do more of that. It's just like pass it to the middle, have the defense collapse and then um uh, then dish it to Hayward for the for the three. But I think it was important that he took those shots early so they started collapsing on that shot and just giving those guy those shooters a little bit more space.
0: Yeah, it's just it's a very simple thing. It, the zone is not supposed to work. Very well. It's not supposed to work in the NBA uh, because every time the ball gets into one of those gaps that th- at least two guys are going to react to that. And especially if you get it into the middle at that free throw line, everybody, all five guys are definitely going to gravitate towards that ball. So moving the ball around, getting that ball to side to side, it really it really puts a lot of stress on a zone defense. It's very easy to break down a zone defense if you try hard. And really against Miami on Monday, they didn't try as hard after the first quarter. So, the this one they they really uh got got to moving and let's transitioned into Al Horford who had a 21-point night uh against the Heat in this one. Uh 21 points, 8 rebounds, 4 assists. Uh Overall, just really doing a great job there. Uh, again, in the middle of that zone, he talked about it after the game. When I asked him about taking that shot, he said he'd probably be more aggressive with it, uh, and he was. And he also, again, passing and and getting the ball moving there. So Horford, Kyrie shooting over the top of it with 23 points. I mean, It's just basically everything you're supposed to do against the zone defense.
2: It was a solid job, and um, you know who I didn't miss? Mook Morris. You know what? <laughs> I, I I didn't I, didn't, I didn't, wasn't striving for any Mook minutes in, in his absence, and um, I, I don't think Celtics fans will disagree with me there because he's a well public enemy number two after uh, Terry Rozier. But I thought it was just a a solid performance where the Celtics didn't have any like they they had some of their lulls where the 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 Heat actually shot better from three-point land than they did uh, in uh, in Boston, but the Celtics answered back e- each of those times, and I thought they just did a solid job uh, defensively. They they felt pretty aggressive on the defensive end of the night, A lot of fouls, uh, especially from the guards. Kyrie had five, uh, Marcus had four, um, but I just thought they were pretty solid uh, defensively, and then didn't have any of those like those huge lapses, which is 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 key. Like basketball game of runs but they didn't like really let the heat go on uh, on many of them the heat would the heat would kind of claw back into the game but the Celtics never let it go farther than that
0: here's what I didn't like about this game too much Hassan Whiteside they still have problems with the bigs the rim runners continue to catch lobs or get dunks uh bam out of bayou 12 points 12 rebounds five of them offensive Hassan Whiteside 18 points 15 rebounds five of those offensive. The Celtics gave up 25 second chance points and were outscored 25 to 8 in second chance points. That is something that they definitely need to clean up if they're going to move ahead, move on in in the playoffs. They cannot Keep getting burned by second chance points. They've got to clean up the end of defensive possessions and box out and keep those guys off the board. I know it's on Whiteside. is tough to box out. So is Bam Adebayo. But you got to get a body on those guys and keep them off the board. Sixteen offensive rebounds is just not acceptable. Dwayne Wade had four offensive rebounds. That's not acceptable. And and they're lucky that Miami only shot. 41%, 41 41.5% from the field, 33% from three. They're lucky that they didn't hit more of those shots because uh, to extend possessions like that, you're you're just putting too much stress on a defense. You've got to stop, secure the rebound, and get out there. This should have been a game where Boston pulled away. It's great that they responded to the runs that they answered and they won that game, but that's something they need to clean up because they could have been a little bit more comfortable in this one.
2: I agree. Although it was like kind of a weird game where it never really felt, there was no like panic. It was no real, like it was never really in doubt. No. It felt like the Celtics had like a, a solid chance, like were, was pretty uh, confident in their success for the entire game, which is just a, a weird, a weird feeling to have with this Celtics team because. <laughs> Like the worst thing that could have happened is if they've got a big lead in the for, in the first quarter because that happened on Monday night. It was like, oh my god, this is not going to end well. So maybe they just need to play close games and then just keep their focus for 48 minutes.
0: Yeah, I mean, I I never also I never thought like, oh my god, this could this could cost them. Although in the fourth quarter, I was like, oh my god, are are, are they maybe going to blow this down the stretch? But uh, obviously they didn't. But it felt pretty comfortable throughout the night. Okay, let's take another break. We're going to come back with your tweets and some junk, and then we out. So stick around for more on the Lockdown On Celtics podcast. Ask you to tweet us every game with the hashtag Rain and Jays when you got something to say, something to ask, a point to make about the game. Rain and junk if you want to make some jokes and uh, whatever, be weird. We're down with all of that. So I handle the Rain and Jays stuff because Jam's the funny one. Joey Angus, 11 said i don't care that jason tatum missed that classic tatum length layup i'm just so glad that he didn't step into an 18 footer it goes to what we're saying about jason tatum being more aggressive uh the, the fewer 18 footers that he steps into sam the better
2: absolutely and tatum length. Like, he he's pretty damn good at going to the rim and using that length uh so it's just always good to see him getting back to that but yes uh I, I earlier I was all about his mid range, but it's the, the step ins uh, from three point land for after the pump fake uh, need to stop.
0: Let's get to I'm going to lump in a bunch of these uh, Gordon Hayward tweets uh, from at funky underscore Celtics. One thing people don't get on Hayward enough is his love of the mid range, except that he's he's good at those. And he's he's not. He doesn't step into those the same way Tatum does. Uh, I think I think the shots that he takes are generally pretty good. And uh, we just talked about how aggressive he was at Joey Angus Eleven. Hayward looked so great out there, and I don't even think anybody punched him in the face uh, face first or made him mad. Is just good right from the start. Uh, at Jakeen28, seeing the way Gordon has played and progressed these last few games should remind people why we were so excited when he signed here. Uh, also, the hashtag erotic city on that. And at Calvin Ingram19, can the Celtics expect this Gordon Hayward in the playoffs? Just kind of talked about that. Expect? No, but I'm much more optimistic about that. At Jovian Shadow. With the 76ers dropping games, how good would a first round against them be instead of the Pacers? Long shot, I know, but still.
2: Well, I think for that to happen, it would be like both the Pacers and the Celtics would have to pass the Sixers. And with the, I don't just, I just don't think it's possible. Like maybe the Celtics could, I mean, pass the uh, 76ers and get the three seed. Like that still exists. But they also have to beat the Pacers to do that. I don't think we can play the 76ers in the first round as much as we all want that to happen. I just don't think it's in the cards.
0: Yeah. You just have to, the only thing you could do now, and you can't even do that because you can't tank to the sixth, because that's seven and a half games out. It's just impossible. It's just, it's done. But I, I can appreciate the thought because we just love the facing the Sixers. I, I I'm in like, if we face the Sixers, I'd feel more confident than anything. Uh, let's see. Uh, don't worry. uh, It's at playoff T Rozier. Don't worry. Celtics fans. I'm showing up in four games. (laughs) So someone's made a playoff. Terry, uh, Twitter. That's nice. It's good stuff. And let's see one more. Oh, two more at Micah, uh, underscore Angelo Horford from the top of the key is automatic. Reminds me of KG when he was here, uh, yeah, that's his spot. They they both can hit from that same spot. I mean, that's when when it, before Horford was really pulling out and, and shooting the three, that was his spot for sure.
2: Oh yeah. And he's like you're very confident. He's like, you know, certain players are in certain spots on the floor. It's like Al Horford, uh just elbow extended. It's like, Yep, that's going in. That's automatic.
0: At nice D seven, take a shot every time a player falls for a Dwayne Wade pump fake and you are drunk. Oh man,
2: you're gonna minutes. be ju-
0: yeah, it says right there. You're drunk after ten minutes. You can't. That's alcohol poisoning. You can't put you can't put people out like that. It's just. Uh, and NP Nickerson will Dion Waiters eat himself out of the league in less than three years or more? Um,
2: no, but he he could shoot his way out of the league. Although I uh, he he took threes tonight, which is fantastic. It's that's just, amazing. Uh, this is Dion being Dion. I can support that. I'm 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 on Team Dion Waiters just uh, from a sheer entertainment perspective. <laughs>
0: All right. That's our Rain and Jays hashtag. Time for some Rain and junk. Sam, it's all yours.
2: All right. We have more Hayward stuff. This is from the Celtics Reddit podcast. Uh, Hayward never would have been survived in Miami. That's a mean sunburn. Someone get that man some aloe. Hayward did have a pretty bad sunburn, <laughs> uh, which is funny, uh, cause he looked like, uh, like, like less than good. Uh, bad is the joke. Um, more Gordon Hayward. Daddy's got to be happy with that thick line in the box score. Thick spelled with two C's. That's from Commodore Matt Decker. I would, uh, strong agree there. Um, Celtics Mike Olinic positional defense was on point, even though Hayward blew right past him. <laughs> Kelly Olinic, man, he is, uh, got a soft spot in my heart for him. He was the... I thought he was going to have a huge game. Only ended up with ten points, but that first quarter was like, oh no.
0: Oh yeah. Kelly
2: revenge was, game.
0: I thought that was like the Washington Wizards game. Like I thought that was like we're bracing ourselves for for that. Yeah, it's totally.
2: He only took threes tonight. Three of six from the field, three of six from three point line. Um yeah, but it's it's just always good to see Kelly Olenek. And I'm glad he his positional defense is getting respect. Um This is from at NP Nickerson. The only good part about having to watch the nationally televised broadcast is listening to the announcers say, Oh, jelly. When Ojalay checks into the game. (laughs) Now I wasn't there. I didn't was, didn't able to catch that pronounce, uh, pronunciation of Ojalay, but I did watch. I did have to hear the heat announcers and it was just, it wasn't good. Uh I didn't enjoy it. They kept on calling James Johnson JJ, um which I guess is all right, but I don't know. It's just I kind of felt bad for them for having to watch 82 heat games this season.
0: Oh, uh, yeah, that's uh well, but also I don't feel bad for them for living in Miami.
2: That's true. A weird thing about tonight's game is like it had the classic Miami thing where like no one shows up early, but it did feel like late they were more into the game than a like a Miami crowd normally is. And it's like are they is it just because it's like the last chance to see Dwayne Wade, so or second to last, so they're more excited, or I don't know? I was a little, I was a little confused by what was going on in Miami because normally they're like, especially the, like post LeBron, their crowd is not like uh, fantastic.
0: No, no. the lower bowl is generally empty for the first quarter.
2: It's that's I mean that's classic Miami. Um, all right, I was so I was watching this game on my phone in the car, so I have uh, less junk because I was unable to take notes, but. One thing I did notice earlier in the day, uh, Steph Curry uh, was blind, uh, and now he has contacts,
0: and that just doesn't seem fair. That's That really is weird. Like, all of a sudden, he just said, oh, you know what? I can't see the rim. Like, you've been doing all this shit without being able to see the rim?
2: Are you kidding me? Yeah, what was it? It doesn't make any sense. Like, it feels like vision is a key part of shooting, but no, Curry's uh, back. Speaking of backs, Jalen Brown's back doesn't sound great. No, uh, it does not. I don't know if we should be more concerned about that, but the like the quotes coming out of the locker room pregame about him not being able to move, uh, huge yikes. I don't know like what's going to happen with back spasms. I don't know a lot about back spasms, but um, those quotes were not great. He's not always able to bend over. He doesn't like moving, like rotating.
0: But after the game, Brad Stevens was like, "Yeah, you know," he said, "I see what you see, but like I, I've been told like this is like a day to day thing, and he looks great in the pool." And for some reason, it's just something's bothering him. But I don't know. I, I the, you're right. The quotes before the game made me seem like, well, if he can't actually turn his body, that's that's a kind of a key element to, to basketball. So, but I don't know. They they don't seem to be very concerned about it.
2: Uh, well, I guess that's good. I trust them. Uh, they're medical professionals. Moving on, <laughs> the lemon party is back. <laughs> Walt Lemon. Uh, led the uh, Bulls with 24 points tonight, uh, and a win over the Wizards. Um, that's just fantastic stuff. Shout out to Walt Lemon. Um, and then my final one, I'm sorry, guys, it's a, it's a, not a great uh, game specific juncture I was watching on my phone, but, uh, earlier in the day, there's a Photoshop of, uh, Jay King, Paul E.D., and Kyrie Irving. And it was, uh, some of the most beautiful art I've seen in a long time. And I'm thinking about getting it blown up and put on my wall. Uh, I'll retweet it right now. Again, it was just, it's fantastic stuff.
0: <laughs> it was. I saw it. It's brilliant. It's fantastically done. I mean, that's a hell of a Photoshop. Uh, it, his obsession with, the, I mean, just blows my mind. I'm, I'm still, it's a generational thing. It has to it be absolutely has to be because I don't think, I think it's one of the dumbest things I've seen in my life. Oh,
2: logically, yes. It's uh, inherently stupid, but uh, it doesn't mean it's not uh,
0: quite entertaining. Uh, I, I guess. I guess I, I'm entertained by many stupid things. I'm, I'm not going to like try to be like all high road and or anything like that. But uh, this is one of the stupid things that I think is just too stupid for for me.
2: I don't know. You know not, well, not I, I lean into stupidity. I mean, that's the premise of this entire segment. So. <laughs>
0: You you get some money quotes today. I lean into stupidity and they kaizen the shit out of it. Two real yeah. money quotes for you.
2: You know, it's got that, the, the desert air. I'm here in Reno. I'm feeling the energy of the city. The it's the the lights and you know, just feeling good.
0: I'm going to Venmo you 6 bucks so you can get a lobster. <laughs> oh, thank you. <laughs> All right. That's going to do it for this show. I want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, we'll be back for a Friday broadcast of some sort after uh, whatever. We'll figure something out. And then, uh, yeah, then we're just kind of getting ourselves ready for the final week of the regular season. It's unbelievable that it's it's, it's finally over. <laughs> finally done. Uh, so all of the new listeners, again, Really appreciate you checking us out. I hope that you are interested in subscribing, which you can do on the new Himalaya podcast app, as well as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, everywhere podcast exists. When you get in your car or when you're in your home, if you've got a smart device, you can wake it up and tell it to play podcast, Locked On Celtics. All of you regular listeners, five-star rating would be fantastic, a good written re- review, even better, and sharing the podcast would be the best. Tell everybody, listen to the Locked On Celtics podcast here on the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Yeah, Corrales, Packer, and